Brandon Smith. In the wake of the of the recent mass shooting at the Nashville-based Covenant Christian School in which three children and three staff were murdered by a trans activist, a biological woman named Audrey Hale, one would think that questions of mental health would be at the forefront of the discussion on what exactly happened. However, not surprisingly, Hale is instead being treated as a victim herself among leftists, a victim of society and a victim of an insidious anti-trans genocide that activists assure us is happening everywhere in America even though we can't seem to find any evidence of it. The political left has gone into overdrive in order to do spin control on the shooting, with pro-trans propaganda being flooded into every information venue by multiple corporations and government agencies. They are seeking to bury the lead story, and, much like Pride Month, saturate the market with a narrative of grievances and victimhood. Some on the political left have even applauded Hale as a kind of folk hero. Others in the trans community have warned that we will respect them, otherwise we might be responsible for even more trans people going insane and killing even more children. They have even turned Hale's attack into an excuse for gun bans. The leftists created a monster, and now they are using the destruction wrought by that monster to their advantage. I am not one to jump on political motives every time there is a shooting, but in the case of Audrey Hale I think it is clear that her ideology was the driver for the attack. There is a reason why her manifesto found at the scene has yet to be released by authorities. White House Press Secretary, Karina Jean-Pierre defended the courage of trans activists rather than noting the courage of the victims at Covenant, including a little girl who was shot trying to warn the rest of the school about the impending slaughter. Pierre described the trans movement as under attack by Republicans. I believe this is a deliberate message to other trans lunatics that it's open season on conservatives or anyone else that doesn't agree with their delusions. This has been the ongoing narrative for the past few years, trans people are under attack and thus all of their behavior no matter how criminal is justifiable because they are defending themselves. But are they really under attack? What are they defending themselves from? Where is this trans genocide we keep hearing about? Surely, there must be numerous examples of trans people being beaten or murdered in the streets if there is a nationwide war on them? The reality is that the grievance culture surrounding the trans movement is utter garbage, their victimhood is a fantasy there is no trans genocide. In fact, in every aspect of moral compass and conscience trans activists display a level of villainy not seen in America in many generations. Here are the reasons why the notion of trans people victimhood is a lie. Americans defending themselves against leftist deconstruction is not the same as Americans attacking trans people. The political left in general is fond of bragging about their intention to deconstruct American society, history, heritage, principles, etc. This is no secret they blather about it constantly in their own books, articles and social media. The thing is, if you're going to engage in the sabotage of a society built on hundreds of years of collected principles and moral foundations, Western civilization, then the people that built it and who respect its founders are naturally going to take action to oppose you. The peaceful option would be to simply leave. Go on your way and find or build a society that fits your demands somewhere else. The political left is not interested in peaceful solutions, though. Trans extremists use a classic gas lighting technique common among Marxists-slash-communists, which is to incessantly nip and bite at the heels of the people they want to destroy, and when those people finally get fed up and defend themselves activists cry the fascists are victimizing us. And demand more power as social recompense. It's called provocatoring, and this tactic only works in nations where liberty is held up as a defining value. The idea is to use our own love of freedom against us. If conservatives in Western society were actually fascist as these people claim, there would be no debate about grievances, they would have been annihilated a long time ago. In the case red states, the line in the sand was our children and our public schools. Trans activists continue to cross that line by targeting minors with sexualized books, some of them highly pornographic, 
sexualized lessons, and gender identity propaganda with no basis in scientific reality. Then there is the effort to pressure children into gender-bending treatments and surgeries. Children do not have the intelligence or reasoning to consent to these procedures. The clinics which dole out the hormones and mutilations are the same people who undertake the psychological reviews. Each little kid is treated as a trans cash cow made dependent on years of therapies and future surgeries. This is not humanitarian, this is criminal. Trans activists, we would have left you alone if you had stayed away from the kids and let them be kids. But since you refuse to listen, we are going to have to bitch slap you with a reality check. This means more state legislation blocking drag shows for minors, blocking gender ideology in schools and blocking gender-based procedures for kids. Exposing children to mental illness and sexual fetishes is wrong. Kids cannot consent. Trans activism is not a civil rights movement, it's a political extremist movement. It's important for the trans movement to understand that they are only 0.4% of the overall population. The other 99.6% of the world is not here to adapt to them, they will have to adapt to us. In the case of the US, trans people and those that identify as LGBT have all the same legal rights as any other Americans. They have done very well for themselves here. The reality is trans activists are rebels without a cause, unless you stop and consider that their cause is not about rights but special privileges and power. They are a mere extension of a wider political agenda. Their strategy is to make constant demands for reparations as victims, and when those demands are met they make more demands until there is nothing left to give them. And, if you criticize them for their gluttony and power-mongering they use their minority status as a shield. The trans movement is widely supported by money elites and government officials. One irony that is never lost on me is the irony of supposed trans victimhood versus trans favoritism. For a tiny group of persecuted people under threat of genocide it's odd that they have so many global corporations, globalist think tanks and even the White House backing them. Many millions of dollars annually are sunk into LGBT and trans organizations by such companies, think tanks and government programs. In fact, I would dare say that the trans movement would not exist without the support of major conglomerates. Aren't these the same capitalist institutions that leftists claim they are opposed to? The truth is, leftists and trans activists are the happy little foot soldiers for the authoritarian establishment. Corporate elites give them money and spread their ideology through marketing, and in return trans activists act as a weaponized mob to attack the liberty-minded. They are the bad guys they claim they are fighting against. Trans ideology is rooted in narcissism. Despite the invasion of gender ideologues into scientific circles, you will still find some honest studies and analysis on the mental health of trans people. The rate of comorbidity disorders related to gender dysphoria are very high, between 70% or more according to some studies. That is to say, people who identify as trans often have at least one if not several other mental illnesses beyond gender dysphoria. One of the most frequent mental disorders found among people with gender dysphoria is Narcissistic Personality Disorder, NPD. The movement itself is indelibly tied to narcissistic behavior. Consider the very basis of most trans grievances, they say they are entitled to respect and acceptance, but what does this entail? They want people to self-censor. They want to force others to use their preferred pronouns. They want gender ideology taught in schools. They want sexualized drag shows for minors. And, they want minors to be subjected to gender-related medical procedures that could ruin their lives forever. I defy any trans activist to come up with a logical explanation as to how these requirements are reasonable. Respect is not an entitlement, it is earned. And, acceptance is never owed to anyone, nor can it be forced. Their movement has not earned our respect, it has done the opposite. They believe that the force of the mob, the force of corporate power and the force of government can and should be used to threaten the public into submission.
they think the population can be frightened into embracing and idolizing them. So much so that they are defending a mass shooter only because she was a trans activist. This is the epitome of narcissism. To trans activists, this is why Americans can never accept your movement. At its core it is fueled by emotional and mental instability. There will be endless pain and consequences for allowing patients like you to run the asylum. We just can't allow you to have power, because if we do, only destruction will result. What do we do about it? The primary purpose of provocateuring is to elicit a violent response. If the political left and the establishment elites that back them continue on their current path, I'm hard-pressed to think of a peaceful solution to the problem. I have for many years suggested that separation is the only answer that would satisfy a non-violent strategy. Some are calling this a national divorce. They go their way in blue counties and we go our way in red counties and we'll see who falls apart first. Given the fact that far-left cities like Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, Louisiana and New York are already in steep economic and social decline, I doubt that leftists would last long. At the very least there are multiple state governments acting to protect minors from trans-targeting, but this has made the political left furious. They want the kids and they want them bad, so much so that the targeting and sexualization of children is the hill the political left has chosen to die on. Trans activists have indicated what they intend to do about state intervention, which is to become increasingly more violent. The key to the trans movement is that they believe that through a show of mob force they can intimidate various local and state organizations into backing away from their morals. They have done it before, so why wouldn't they think they can keep doing it? One option is to organize counteractivism. Whenever they hold a rally in large numbers somewhere, we hold our own rallies in greater numbers. If they want to become a political force and act like conquerors, then we will burn their flags in defiance. If they want to take over schools, then we take over the school boards and PTA, or we take our kids out of those schools en masse. If they want to march to take away our gun rights, then we have armed marches in kind. If they want to disrupt our speakers, then we disrupt their drag shows for kids. If they want to shoot up schools, then we offer training for school teachers so they can shoot the trans shooters. What I see are millions of liberty-oriented people simply waiting around for the worst-case scenario, a civil war. But that's not how this works. That is allowing the deconstructionists to run rampant until something finally snaps. We have to be proactive now, not sit on our hands. Maybe a civil war is inevitable, but the culture war is still a part of the greater fight. We should not neglect it because it's easier to wait around for a kinetic conflict to start. This battle is about determining whether or not our founding values survive. Not only that, it's about the survival of logic and reason in society. Organization and visibility are important, the trans activists understand this, and we should too. This article, republished with permission, originally appeared here. Copyright Brandon Smith. All rights reserved. Brandon Smith on altmarket.us, my goal is to encourage people around the world, and Americans in particular, to start decoupling from the existing system. We must become more independent and self-reliant as individuals, and communities must adopt localized economic networks including barter markets in order to insulate themselves from the ongoing decline of the corrupt financial structure. In other words, if centralization is the problem, then decentralization is the answer.